If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome, everybody. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And this is Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for you. Um, well, we have a surprise for you. Um, we are actually going to continue Found Footage Month. Yes. Because we thought, why stop doing them? Well, we love them so much. We love them and so got, much. There are so many. We love all of your um, recommendations. We've really appreciated them. And luckily, had already been planning on doing many of the ones that had recommended. Love, like, Mungo, The Taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah. Um, Creep is coming out. Um will have just come out. We're, we're recording this in the past, yes. so you, you, please forgive us. We uh, if travel. anything bad has happened, we're sorry. We don't know about it yet. We don't know. <laughs> uh, if anything. Of course, something bad is going to happen. Um, but yeah, we wanted to um, keep it going because it's our podcast, so we do what we want. And keep another thing we want going. is to reward you for leaving spooky yes. five-star reviews. Yes, and you guys have been leaving us such spooky ones. They're so scary. They're so funny. We have another great one this week. Um, it was left by R.L. Stratton, and it is titled Mother. Already scary. It says, I love the show. Sadly, my mother did not. That's why she had to go. Dot, dot, dot. Oof. Short, the, the word economy and the spookiness level just in perfect calibration. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Short and sour. Mm. Thank you so much for that. Incredible stuff. Incredible. Where'd she go? You know, that's my question. Go to go to get her own Spotify account. Listen to her own stuff. I mean, best case scenario, that's where she's headed. Allison, how are you doing? Well, I do have a thing I want to talk about. Um, yes. <laughs> so I have never been someone. I haven't. The last time I played a game on my phone was like nine mm. years ago. Bejeweled. That was like the last. Okay. Like I never got into any of the other games that are people are playing on their phones. But when I was home with my parents for two weeks, I got so bored. I started downloading games on my phone again. Okay, I download. I have one that I love. Two dots. It's kind of just basically mm-hmm. bejeweled. Um, Great. Are you aware of what is going on in the mobile game space? You know, I I I think I have a hint of it only because <laughs> I also don't play um, games on my phone. And uh, actually, my sort of thing, uh, my um, drug of choice is TikTok. And I eventually de- I have deleted it. I have not mm-hmm. downloaded it since mm-hmm. just because it takes so many hours. Yeah. Out of my life. And um, instead, what I have chosen to do, because I was like, this at least, it, it's something I could do on the toilet, but it, like, well, is actively helping me, is I, I downloaded Duolingo, and I'm teaching myself German. Okay. So, um, meine Bruder ist nett. My brother's nice. That's about where I've, what I've been able to go with it. That's pretty good. Um, and and uh, so, I've never played games, but I'm interested. And the only reason I think I know what you're talking about is on Instagram, I've started to get ads for games. I was like, what is are these games? What? So, what I, games are you being advertised? They are so weird. There's, like, kind of a couple flavors, but the one I keep yeah. getting is it'll be like, this new mother and her baby are shivering yes. to death in their 100%. house. Do you want to fix the— what, what do you want to do— to this scenario. Do you want to fix the window or do you want to use a flamethrower? And it's just like, right. what is yeah. happening? And I was getting like, there were a couple of weeks where I was getting a ton of them. I'm trying to think, I'm looking at my like, my uh, 
my friend Chad on Instagram, hello aggressive allies to those of you who are listening. <laughs> and um, it was just like every ad was for these games. And one of them was like a, a, a filthy woman yes. with um, yes. long, scraggly hair. It's like clean her up for a date. But it's like, oh, you, you got to dress up, put makeup on, but you didn't shower. Right. So that's why, the, you know, and I do appreciate, it seems like uh, she, she's indiscriminately going out with men or women. So I'm like, okay, well, there's a little representation here. Right, there's inclusivity, here for, but at the same, at what, to what end? <laughs> yeah, filthy, pathetic, bisexuals represented. But um, I don't know, and I don't know the names of these. I don't even know, really know how you play them. Well, I you read. You download a whole app? I obviously don't play them because I just keep seeing the ads. I have not, like, downloaded Homescapes or whatever the fuck is happening, or Manor issues or oh, whatever. Yeah. There's one with the word manner in it. Um but some I, I I've seen some 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 chatter on Twitter about this and somebody I think they replied to a tweet of mine and they said those ads aren't even what the game actually is. Like those ads are meant to lure you in and then the game is something entirely different apparently. And I'm like yeah, that, that is like right. some jigsaw shit. <laughs> like <sighs> Also, like, how would that work? Because to me, it's like, okay, if I'm someone who's interested in this deranged concept <laughs> or the artwork or whatever, yes. when I go there and it's, like, different, aren't I going to be like, oh, well, where's my weird little game yeah. about rescuing pregnant, abandoned women? Yeah, or the man who's constantly trying to fix a toilet. <laughs> like, there's just— I feel like— They're so yeah. weird, and they really, like— I Obviously, they are not horror-related, but they certainly touch on things that are scary to me. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is absolutely fascinating. I will say I do a lingo because I have the free version right now because mm. I'm cheap. And I really enjoy the app. In case I was on the fence about getting it. Um, is it, it has ads for games. Like, most of their ads are for games. Right, you're already on your and phone, like, so it's smart. It's kind of wasted on me. You know, it's like, listen, if you're showing me ads for the thing about Pam on Peacock or whatever, then maybe I would be inclined to watch it. I'm never going to download, like, a first-person shooter. You know, it's just not going to happen for me. Correct, same. I just want, like, really aesthetically pleasing kind of Tetris-style stuff. Yeah, and that I understand. That's sort of a, you know, the uh, the new version of having a craft, I yes. feel like. There so was watercolor. One, one other game I played, but it was, it, it, I think it's in the spirit of Duolingo, which is, um, it was, and it had a name that was, like, it was obviously, like, translated from English into something else back into English or whatever. But it was, like, World Map Game Headquarters. But it was, like, they yeah. would give you the outline of a country, and you would have to put it on a world map. And I'll tell you. See, now that I'm on board with. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> when oh, it comes I, to geography. A, a, a chill went up my spine just with the idea of it. I was like, I don't know if I'm actually learning anything. Like, I am, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I really walked away with a better understanding of, like, global geography, but I thought I would. You know, and and it's making me think the only game I've been interested in trying recently is that um, Hunt a Killer where, like, basically you subscribe to it, and then, like, once a month they send you clues to oh, solve a—they have, like, seasons, so it's, like, you still have to solve a murder. Oh, I like that. And I keep getting ads for that, and that I actually would play. That sounds- Am I going to do the research to sign up for it? No, but if you—at home, if you play that, let us know if it's worth yeah. the time and money. And if you—and if anybody has played the, like, bizarre games that we have referenced, we would love to hear from you. Oh, yes. The name of—I looked up the name of it is Manor Matters. Manor Matters. Manor Matters. That's what it Again, is. No, nothing about it. Um, so as we are continuing Found Footage Month, we are doing a sequel to another movie we did this month, Mm -hmm. but not the direct sequel, because there are four films in the franchise. We're doing the most recent one. Why? Because this is our podcast, and we're allowed to do whatever we want. Whatever we want. Numbers be damned. And also, they're really only loosely connected. You know what I mean? They're connected thematically, but not necessarily 
you know, sequentially, fortunately, especially because this version is a prequel to the original, and that movie is, of course, 2021's VHS 94. Yes. The 94, of course, donates that it, it takes place in 1994. Yes. So it's a prequel to the beginning mm-hmm. uh, of the first VHS, which, again, is allude to the story. I think one we see specifically is 1998. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, you know, later, okay. later than. So these, this got is it, a prequel it. to the events of... VHS, VHS 2, and VHS Viral, the third okay. one, which we will do all of them, but not in order, because, again, you, you know, Where's again, the fun in that? On. Exactly. Um, Allison, we always like to have her watch the trailer. What are your thoughts about the trailer for VHS 94? I will say there were a lot of disgusting sounds in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, wet coughs and, yeah. like, wet breathing and, like, wet <laughs> snapping and breaking of body parts. It is mm-hmm. a wet sounding trailer. That's you're dead on. <laughs> and that really I think also does sum up many of the stories in the film. It looks very wet. Much gorier than the original. Yes. Yeah. Or the first one or the, you know, whatever. Yeah, I feel like it's both like higher, like you can tell the budget's higher. And then certain sure. certain stories you don't really need the necessarily the um the effects. But some of them are very intricately made, and like clearly money went into making them look good. Yes, and part of that is making it gorier. Yes, so very very gory. I will say my frustration with the original VHS. I hope that we do not find is that one. Is this also an anthology? Is it like same? Mm-hmm. So of course, I am already anxious and annoyed at the idea that the. Um, underpinning story that takes us through all of this stuff will not have resolution like in the first Well, one. Allison, I think that is a, a, a fear is founded. And I'll be honest, I think, and this could have just been my non-understanding, uh, the foundational or the framing device in VHS 94 is one of the few horror stories I've consumed recently where I feel like I just didn't understand what was going on. Oh, okay, Which good, I feel like great. doesn't happen that often. And not that I didn't understand, or maybe I'm like, well, what about this? And like, well, mm-hmm. what you introduce this element that you don't find out about it. And like, it seems like this is a different thing than what we were talking about earlier. Okay, So great. I'm excited to, um, at the end of this, have a segment where I ask you the questions. Mm-hmm. What did we just watch? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I'm trying to figure out how to frame because we always like to have a baseline scary to, sure. to have Allison weigh in. And um, I'm going to explain what I'm asking about and then, well, I'll ask the question and then I sort of give the framework of where I think about this. It's sort of, Allison, how scary do you find the concept of strangers making and sharing illegal VHS tapes? Bad. Real bad. Real bad. That's real scary. <laughs> and the thing that comes to mind is, did you ever see that movie Zoo? Yep. Right, so which is about a, it's about a person who passed away, and that is very sad, regardless. Um, Right. But it's about a farm in Washington State where um, uh, men, Men. it seemed like for the most part. Yeah, I don't think think there were any women in it. Right, but I'm sure if they they had inquired, I can't imagine they wouldn't allow you to come, um, considering what they were doing. uh, You could go there and have sex with horses. And so that's an insane thing to begin with. And Mm -hmm. the documentary is just about like, the people who are involved and, like, you know, yeah. sort of how this happens and and that kind of thing. But what's crazy is, like, the people are making DVDs of these men having sex with horses. Yes. And then, and then like, trading them around, like, physical copies. Yes. Uh, presumably because it's harder to trace. And I'm like, 
that is crazy. Like, if it's one person doing it, that's already crazy. Yes. But if it's, like, a group of a people, network. it's like, how do you meet each other? You have to, like, dedicate your life to being a part of this network. Is yes. how That's the only your way entire I can life. seeing this. Yes. And that is so terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. That it's like, there are so many other things going on and that you could do with your life. And it's like, no, I'm going to commit my life to becoming part of a, in, in that case, uh, bestiality. bestiality enthusiasts. And pornographers? Yeah, making bestiality pornography and distributing it to fans thereof because the person who died in the movie his name was Mr. Hands. Mm -hmm. And it's like he had a moniker. And I'm sure his fans knew him by that moniker. Mm -hmm. I would argue maybe that's worse than anything in VHS because this is real. Right. But there is that element of like, what happens if people with bad ideas about what should be filmed all get together and start trading it around? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I didn't think you would. Nope. It's, I the question. I'm like, I'm going to just go and say, Allison doesn't care for this at all. No, thank you. Um, and before we get into it, Allison, uh, I'm going to do the same thing we did last time, okay, which is great. I'm going to have you guess the twist of every, all of the different stories, mm-hmm. um, starting with the framing device. Um, so let us get into it. Um, we are going to ruin VHS 94. <gasps> we open on a tape being put into, where else? The TV. And it's, of course, like a very creepy handheld image of a young woman with long, dark hair watching, like, a huge stack of different TVs playing horrible news footage from around the world. And she sniffs a handful of white goo. And we see the vapor enter her nose, and then the white goo sort of falls out of her hand. And the next thing we see— Glue. It looks like glue. Okay. Yeah, it looks like glue. And the next thing we see is that same woman. Her eyes have been—are bleeding and appear to be gouged out. Cool. And she's wearing all white and kind of a black necktie. And there's another person in all white walking behind her. And the woman whose eyes have been gouged out is counting down from 10, which is a pretty big accomplishment when your eyes have been gouged out. To be able to still be verbal feels yes. really intense. Um, and so that is the video we see. And we are now catching up with a SWAT team that is descending on a warehouse. And the things that we ascertain from their conversation is what we've just seen is the video that the police obtained or somebody sent to authorities mm. um, implicating uh, this woman and her what has been done to her as a, a part of like a cult. So a cult that has gained control of this particular drug, which I'm assuming is the goo. Okay, the got it. And so they are raiding this warehouse, and the SWAT team, uh, their names are Slater, Orsler, Sprayberry, which that was a fun name, <laughs> Spivey, Petro, and Nash. And Petro and Nash are both women. And their cameraman, Gary. And K- Gary looks like a normal person they've hired to come along with them, which I don't think how it, that's how it works. I've never worked on a SWAT team. I'm almost but positive. But I imagine it's a member of the SWAT team or police that is trained to shoot these kinds of things. Yeah, I don't think that it's just like, you don't troll Craigslist for like a, a director <laughs> to like right, shoot yeah, you don't be like all Gary's welcome. Yes. Um. So, uh, so they are raiding this um warehouse, and we see them arrive, and they cut the lock on a chain link fence, and they all run in looking for this shipment of what they believe to be will be drugs. Mm-hmm. Allison, what do you think the twist will be in the framing device, which is called Holy Hell? the twist. Maybe that it's not a drug that like that's like a misdirect and like there's something else, like um, I'm trying to articulate what I want. I think they're going to find lots of shipments of white clothing instead of drugs. Oh, okay. I love it. But I don't know like how like 
how to account for the rest of that plot. Right, because there's a lot coming at you right up top. Yeah. So we see them, uh, you know, getting ready, and uh, Slater tells them this has to go great because Petro fucked up the last bust. So they sort of, they have to get in there. They have to, again, if this, is this what happens when you're on a SWAT team? It's like, mm-hmm. we have to do it right this time. I'll probably actually know that I'm saying it. And they all discuss what the drug is, and it's the white goop, which mm-hmm. I take as like, oh, it's some sort of a new insane drug. I don't know if you saw the new Batman. I did not. But everyone does drops. So everyone is like doing a drug that's like putting drops in your eyes. So I think this is just supposed to be like oh, a okay. new crazy drugs, crazy drug. Um, so the SWAT team uh, swarms the warehouse. Um, surrounding the compound, and Petro, one of the female SWAT members, tells Gary to follow her and record everything. So they bust in, and immediately they find two private jets. And so you're like, okay, so this isn't just some rinky-dink operation. This is like a a cartel. This is like an international situation, or at least interstate. Mm -hmm. And as they approach the planes, we hear a woman's voice announcing, all are welcome, all are watching. Mm -mm. Tonight is the night you've been waiting for. Which I, I, the only way I could understand this um, for, at this point was, I'm like, oh, it's kind of a videodrome, a Brian Oblivion. Yes. You know, like, this isn't simply people are doing illegal things. This is a cult. They have, a, there's a, a reason, there's a signal that's going to be sent out through a certain medium, a certain kind of way to watch something. Okay. Okay. As they go through the warehouse, they're looking for drugs. They're looking for, like, oh, the people who are in charge of this. Mm-hmm. Instead, they keep finding all of these cells, and each had their own, like, blaring TV and a dead person inside. Okay. And um, <laughs> and I wrote to myself, the drug is ushering in salvation, which sure looks like inhaling drugs and then dying in front of a television set. <laughs> you know, the ultimate salvation we're all looking for. Yes, absolutely. They find a guy with his eyes gouged out, and one of the SWAT members is like, oh my God, I know that guy. He owns the video store on my block because it's 1994, Got of it. course. Mm-hmm. And Allison sure looks like he tore out his own eyeballs because his eyeballs are just sitting na- neatly next to him. Okay. Uh, they so they can't they cannot find the drug and they can't find anyone alive and also I at this point I realized in my notes that I have dubbed the drug super goop because I didn't know what to call it super goop and instead of super goop they keep finding dead people watching VHS tapes like in one room there's like a dozen dead people with sunglasses on there's rock music playing and Slater shuts off the music he's like oh we can't fuck this up we gotta find out we gotta get super goop you know and Petro's screaming at him like this is my crime scene this is my raid I'm in charge here. You know, a dick measuring contest in the worst possible situation. Yes. So they continue on through the warehouse, but we linger on a TV screen, which plays a news broadcast from the 90s. And we know it's from the 90s because they talk about this brand new thing, the internet. Oh, good. Great. Allison, the name of this segment is Storm Drain. Okay. And I'll just tell you the first thing that we find out, uh, we're, we're, we're talking, having two news reporters, and they say, new reports are in about locals coming forward about a mysterious figure they're calling... The Rat Man. No. Allison, would you like to guess the twist in Storm Drain? Guess the twist. I mean, I'm going to guess that there is a man who lives in the sewer. Okay. Yes. We got that so far. Yep. Pretty clear. Um, I'm going to guess it's a... He's eating the rats? Brom style? Okay, I'm going to push you even further. Why would he be doing that? Why would somebody want to do this? Um, 
I feel like it's going to have to do with the internet now. Maybe the internet Great. is driving him. He he learned on the internet. He's doing it for the internet. <laughs> that that yeah, that would be like if TikTok had, existed in this time. It'd be like, oh, he's in the sewer eating rats, but it's just because he needs views. Yeah, it's a brand. Just, it's a yeah, it's a kind of prank. <laughs> So the reporters tell us eyewitnesses say a man or a mat ra- um, uh, either a man or a man rat hybrid, which was a pretty big distinction if you're an eyewitness, if you ask me, has been spotted emerging from the sewer at night. But if you shine a light directly on it, it disappears. It hates light. Again, good to know. Okay. And they interviewing all these locals, and this guy's like at a, at a skate park, and he's like, I think he's an escape mental patient. Like it's like her cousin. He 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 went out. I think it's just some guy living in the sewer. And they interview a pastor, and the pastor's like, I think it's a sign from Jesus. I think okay, the great. rat man's gonna purge all the sinners and the elite and drive out sin from America. It's like, well, why don't put that on rat man? Why is that <laughs> his responsibility? <laughs> yeah, he's busy being a rat man. Give him a break. He's a rat man. Another person. A gun nut tells reporter Holly and her cameraman Jeff, he's like, I spotted the rat man emerging from that giant storm drain right near the river. Mm-hmm. And Holly, who's like a very put together, you know, she's got the anchor hair. Yes. You know, she calls her producer and they're like, hey, Holly, can you and Jeff go ahead and go into the storm drain and just check out if there's a rat man? And Holly's like, no, no, I'm trying to be an anchor here. I don't want to be like, we don't know what's down there. We, we, we certainly shouldn't be. It's not safe to go into a storm. No, you can two random man. people who are not like professionals in uh, city <laughs> sewage, I guess, like can't right. just go into a storm drain. Exactly, especially if there is apparently eyewitness sightings of, of a, a man, man or a man rat. Hi- like, yes, a man. Okay, that's fine. A man rat hybrid. It's not be following that thing around. Yeah, you should have followed a man into a storm drain. But you can, Allison, if you want to get the scoop. Oh, you got to get the scoop. Ugh, journalism. And Jeff is immediately, like, you can tell Jeff sucks because he's, like, joking about Holly and him getting a drink. And they kind of establish that Holly is an alcoholic. And cool. he's like, we should get a drink later. And she's like, shut up, Jeff. And I'm like, you guys are going to be killed by a rat man. But, yeah, banter all you want. Yeah. So they go to walk inside. the Like, they're at the entrance of the storm drain, but they sort of see this the gun nut still watching them and has this big gun. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, well, I'll agree. We could duck inside the storm drain, but I don't want to go any further. Of course, as soon as they start recording, they hear a loud sound behind Holly, mm-hmm. and deep in the tunnel, Jeff spots someone watching them. <gasps> Allison, Jeff walks back into the storm drain, which is tall enough to walk in. Like, they're both standing up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sort of they're not, like, crawling into through. The yeah. Yeah, so it's like a cement tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, big enough to stand up with Holly trailing behind them. And Holly's like, I don't think this is a great idea. And they find like a bunch, it looks like someone's sleeping under a sleeping bag. When they pull the sleeping bag back, it's just a bunch of like, you know, someone's belongings, including a stuffed rabbit. And mm-hmm. Holly's like, oh my God, do kids live down here? Like, we're the richest people in the world and we treat, and we're the richest nation in the world and we treat people like this. Yes. And now Holly's like, you know what? We should record this, not because there's a fucking rat man, but like to show that homeless people have to live in the fucking storm drain and we should yes. be able to feel horrible about ourselves and figure out what to do. And Jeff says, I don't know, Holly, don't you have an AA meeting to go to? It's like, Jeff, I can't wait for a rat man to eat your ass. I hope rat man I'm just numb. eviscerates Jeff. 100%. And Holly says, you know, fuck you. Like, we could really help people. And Jeff's like, I helped you get a Pulitzer. And I'm like, oh, rat man. Beep, beep. Nine, five, 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 rat man. I've got a bitch you could eat. Um... <laughs> So now, like, Jeff, I'm sorry. I've You've never seen a horror movie. Bitch you can eat. Um, 
So now Jeff is the reluctant one. And now that he does know people are down there, and Holly's like, no, we're going to go interview people, and we're going to find out what's going on here. And they keep getting further and further away from the entrance, obviously. And they hit a bend, and we see a guy sort of standing in the darkness, and he then retreats down the pipe. But his tent's there and his sleeping bag and all this stuff. And Jeff is like, I don't think we should touch his stuff. But Holly says, just get a shot of it. We just want to see this is how people are living. And Jeff shoots inside the tent and suddenly amidst the blankets and trash bags, an eye opens. And Jeff freaks out Mm-mm. and drops the camera. And someone like darts past them and into the, down the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So they press on until they find the guy who ran from the tent. And he's completely covered in grime, like a full coat of grime. Yes. And Holly asks him, well, what's your name? And the guy says, Bill. And Holly says, I mean, do other people live down here with you? And Bill says, rat ma. And Holly says, did you say rat man, Bill? Are, are you the rat man? Do people call you that? Is that sort of, are you, you know, I mean, like thinking like, oh, right. are people just misidentifying a homeless person? Right. And Bill looks at her, smiles, and then all this black ooze just falls no. out of his smiling mouth. No, uh-uh. And to, yeah, to their credit, both Holly and Jeff are like, well, you know, here's, Holly's like, here's my card. We should be going, but feel free to contact me. I'd love to talk somewhere outside the drain. Yeah. Just that a low, gigantic mm-hmm. growl echoes mm-hmm. down the tunnel. Mm-mm. And mm-hmm. Holly and Jeff bought, break into a run, try to run to the entrance, only for Jeff to whip around and realize... Holly is gone, and we hear her scream down in the tunnel. She's been got. No. Jeff, panicking, he tries to run, to, and he slams into a different tur- tunnel person who grabs him, and, he, and the camera gets shut off. When the camera turns back on, Holly and Jeff are both tied up together, and they're <gasps> surrounded by the tunnel people. And he, she's saying, like, we're here to help you. We can tell your story. And their leader steps forward, and it is the pastor from the beginning who <gasps> said Ratman's going to purge all the sinners. Ugh. And the pastor says, that's a nice offer, but we're going to tell our own story. Just then, from down another tunnel, we hear a roar, and the pastor lures from its opening a disgusting human-sized rat monster. Nope. It, it looks like a man crawling, but no. then it has a giant, like, rat-shaped head no. and, like, a huge jaw. No. But then the human face is on the front of the snout, like, where the nose would be. It's like a human <laughs> skull with eyes, and it looks like a human mouth at the end. Oh, uh, no. People are like, that's rat man? I mean, I guess, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> there are so many other ways to describe that that would be more well, accurate. Well, Allison, we're about to find out what the, the creature's real name is, which Bill said earlier, but the, the creature vomits on a liquid, and the pastor collects the liquid in a bowl no. and holds it over Jeff and says, in the name of Ratma. Ratma. So his name, or Ratma, his name is Ratma. Ratma. <laughs> and Allison, he takes the liquid, which again, Ratma has just vomited out, and he pours it on Jeff's face, <sighs> and it burns him like acid. What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. The pastor tells... Holly, you know, we're going to usher in a new era. Your friend wasn't worth saving, but maybe you'll be saved. It's up to our new God now. And they drag Holly. So she is face to screaming, no. liquid spewing face with Ratma. No. And Ratma's like, no. And Holly's like, why, God, why? And video cuts out. And we cut to a commercial of the Veggie Masher, which is a very funny parody of, yes. like, the Slap Chop, where it's just, like, something like that just mashes your food, your Yeah, I, it's in the paste. trailer. And they're like, it makes it a, pa- a delicious paste. <laughs> And so we finally get back to the news, and it's about Holly's rescue from the storm drain. <gasps> no, I, like, don't want her to still be alive after that. Unfortunately, well, you're correct. Unfortunately, cameraman Jeff is still missing. 
And he turns, and not only has Jeff Holly survived, she's there in the co-anchor spot. And she says, thanks a lot, Mark. And she launches into a story about Westerville's 94th Annual Pumpkin Festival. However, as she starts talking, she starts devolving, and she says, People are already lining up to Ratma the Hay Rides, Apple Ratma, and of course, to see who will be crowned the festival's largest Ratma. And, you know, she stops talking and suddenly starts drooling that black ooze out of her mouth. Oh, good. Her co-anchor Mark says, oh, let's go to commercial. Allison, Holly turns to Mark and projectile vomits the black ooze onto his face, which immediately starts fucking melting off. Like, he basically tears off his own face Mm, mm -hmm. away from his skull as he screams. Chaos in the studio. We hear people running and screaming, and Holly recovers enough to wrap up the show and says, Ohio State plays the Indiana Hoosiers tomorrow night. Good luck to our Buckeyes. I'm Holly Marciano, Channel 6 News. Hail Ratma. And, which I loved. Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. So is she Ratma now? Is she the god? I think that she, much like Ratma's followers, has sort of been indoctrinated into okay. the cult of Ratma. Mm-hmm. The cult now, of my Ratma. question is, is does, is Ratma intentionally doing this? I, Ratma doesn't seem like it has much of a plan. It almost seems like just a creature they found. Right, well, what came first? Like, did this creature exist and, like, a cult formed around it? Or, like... Was the creature once a human and thus, like, spawned the cult in its own existence? Like, I, you know. This is a great, great question. Where it's almost like I want it to be like, this is the drain where there's runoff from a um, nuclear power plant or something. Yeah, great. And not that you have to have an explanation, but something like that would be nice. Yeah, I I, I like having all those, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, The T in Ratma. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think she's now a follower of Ratma. I think Ratma creates a, a chemical change in you and you become its follower. Yeah, I guess because, like, the question is, like, oh, this, like, black bile, like, kills people. But, like, how can she, How? why isn't she dead if it's inside of her? I think the implication is that if she's, Something like, if Ratma tested. chooses you, yes. if you're, like, pure of heart or whatever, mm. you will be, you will survive. Because Jeff didn't. But Jeff was kind of an Yeah, and essentially the other tunnel people have, like Bill, right. we have to assume Bill, he yeah. survived. Yeah. Um, and I just turns you into a drooling follower of Ratma, I guess. Well, that's what, isn't that all religion? <laughs> we find ourselves back in the warehouse, with this, which the SWAT team has identified as a super lab. And I'm like, okay, you know, where they're making this drug. And uh, Slater is mocking Nash, and he's like, oh, you feel like you're in over your head? And it's like, anyone would be in over their head. This is like an insane yes. drug cult TV upset. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is not normal stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so, of course, they go down into the basement, and they find a giant room full of pews of mannequins watching a giant screen. And, of course, a, a pile of human eyeballs. And Spivey says, let's call for backup. But Nash says, no, no, not yet. Let's reconvene with the others. And we hear the, the, them talking back and forth of the walkie-talkies, and Slater says, he, me and um, Osler got separated, so stay there, and we'll come back to you. And on the giant screen behind them plays our next video, The Empty Wake. Oh, God. So here's the tagline. A funeral homeworker is left to tend to a wake in the evening during a terrible storm, and no one attends. And while she's there, alone in the middle of this storm, lights flickering, she hears a knock from inside the coffin. Mm-hmm. Allison, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. That person's not dead. 
Or I'm going to say uh, electrical storm created a zombie. Love it. Absolutely great. Yeah, Frankenstein, you know. Oh, I mean, I mean yeah, I guess sense. that's, I'm like, I guess that is true. It's not true. It's still fiction. <laughs> That's a novel happen. written by that. a lady. <laughs> My favorite nonfiction story, Frankenstein. <laughs> My favorite documentary, Frankenstein. So we open on Haley. She's a funeral home worker. And she gets the rundown from her boss, Ronald. And he says the family of the dead man, they're a little bit strange, but they had a request. Basically, the wake is this evening. Um, the name of the deceased is Andrew Edwards. And his family asked, could you record the wake? So, and it was just like, we don't normally record the wake, but they want it for their memorial video. So basically he's like, we're, me and Tim are going to head home. You're going to stay here and man the wake. Really, the only thing you have to worry about is changing the VHS tapes like every hour or whatever. And they just, I guess they just want footage of people coming and paying their last respects. And Haley's like, yeah, that's fine. You know, they're being paid extra. Mm-hmm. So she just has to stay until the end of the week, which is in the later evening hours. And Haley's weirded out by this, but it's sort of like, well, that's my job, and, like, I do this all the time, yeah. so it is what it is. Um, and they, it, it, the coworker Tim comes in, and he's like, well, why is the casket crooked? And they look, and Ronald's like, I probably bumped it. And then he goes to move it. Of course, the casket weighs, like, hundreds of right, pounds. Yeah. You couldn't just bump it accidentally. No. And Tim tells us, you know, that the corpse was in a horrible accident. And Tim says he could only do so much with the head and the face. So that's why it's a closed casket casket funeral. Yep. Ronald and Tim leave for the night. The wake starts at 9, which is, no, I don't know whose wake starts at 9. No. Nobody I know. No. Nope. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're doing 5 or after work, but not, it starts at 9? It starts Already at 9? No, I don't even want to go to, like, a party that starts at 9, let alone a <laughs> <Exactly>. funeral. <laughs> um, you know, no, so Haley's there. She's manning the the camcorder. She's got, like, the little, like, your little leaflets to hand out. Nobody comes to the wake. And at a certain point, Haley calls Ronald, like, freaking out, like, there's nobody here. Like, does something happen? Like, do we post the wrong times? Like, right. I, I'm it's Not very one odd. person. Yeah. Feels And odd. Ronald's like, you know what it probably is, is there's a terrible storm raging outside. And probably people just couldn't make it through the storm. So, you know, just stay there. It's better for you to stay there. We could hear the lightning. The lights are flickering. So you stay there. You know, make sure that you're safe. But if people don't show up, again, it's probably because they got caught in this horrible rainstorm mm-hmm. and they decided it wasn't worth it. Luckily, the the, lights are, the electricity is still working, so Haley's able to call her friend Sharon. And I like that we, because it's 1994, we have to set up, like, Sharon, they have to call on a landline. Nobody has a cell phone. So the landline is, if the power goes out, there is no landline. And she leaves Sharon a voice message and says, you know, um, I'm just here. I'm just gonna, I'm settling in for a long night of being terrified at the funeral mm-hmm. home. So... Just give me a call back. Yeah. Allison, as soon as she hangs up with Sharon, from inside the coffin, Mm-mm. Haley hears a knock. Mm-hmm. And then another. Mm-hmm. Of course, she freaks out, but luckily the phone rings, and it's her friend Sharon. And Haley says, could you check the last couple of weeks of obituaries to, to look for this person's name, Andrew Edwards? Ooh. And I and she says specifically, I know your mom saves the newspaper. It's like, of course, because you'd only be able to look this up if you went to the library. The library's closed. Yes. It's the middle of the goddamn night. Yes. So good solve by the writings writers here. <laughs> yes, they they thought it through. So despite the fact that she has heard two knocks from inside the coffin, Haley has decided I'm going to keep the ship. I'm going to man the ship. I'm going to keep going. She diligently switches out the tapes. The lights are flickering. 
At a certain point, the lights just straight up go out. So she has to fumble around in the dark in a funeral home. Nope, I'd be out the door. Absolutely. No job is worth it. I'm in my car. Yeah. I will sit in my car. I will sit in my car. Yeah. Or I will lock myself in the office, whatever. Yeah. So she finds a candle holder, and then by the time she gets back to the sort of viewing area, she lights all the candles, and the lights come back on. So she blows out the candles. Girl, don't do it. Leave the candles You you can't trust it. Allison, when she turns back to the coffin, it's crooked again. And she knocks, she, she, a braver person than I, she goes and she knocks on the coffin. No reply. And she attempts okay. to sort of adjust it again, but it's incredibly heavy. Right. And suddenly the coffin knocks back and she screams and sort of falls over the chairs. Mm-hmm. And she calls Ronald in a panic. And Ronald's like, wow, you can't handle one horrifying night alone in a funeral home? Like, who did I hire? And then I he hands mean, the phone to Tim. Okay. And I was like, are Ronald and Tim a couple? Because they don't apply that. It may seem like, oh, we just work at a funeral home. But it's like, uh, talk to Tim. It's like, it's 10 at night during a storm. Yeah, you're together, but not right. at work. Are you, have you finished making love? Are you about to make love? Yes. Is that why you're so mad? It's like, you're interrupting our romantic night. Our lovemaking. Yes. I, I, if I was her, I'd be like, Sharon, I've got some gossip about my boss and my coworker, Tim. Like, they <laughs> yes. are together in yeah. a storm. And Tim says, you know, the knocking is from the gases releasing from the body. I've heard this, you know, like, this is a very familiar thing. It's very scary, but it's totally normal. It's not dangerous. And listen, I understand you're freaked out. You're there alone, and you hear these sounds. And Tim says, which I think is reasonable, he says, you know, Ronnie. So he calls him Ronnie, so they're in love. Ronnie and I will stay on the line. Go open the lid and look inside, because you will feel better. You'll see it's just a regular corpse like we always deal with. Nope. And, you know, Haley goes, it's like, no, I'm, it's fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm being crazy. I'm just crazy. So she hangs up, but then she goes and she raps on the coffin and she hears a sound, but it's from the front door. The first attendee has arrived. <gasps> Haley welcomes Gustav. Nope. Who, of course, is like, uh, nobody's here. Name. And Gustav's like, well, of course nobody's here. There's a tornado watch. And I'm like, poor Haley's here. Fucking, right. you know what I mean? Like, there, first of all, there's a corpse coming to life, but also there's going to be a tornado. She should be in the basement or I don't even, wherever. Yeah. I'd Which is te- the again, morgue. Again, reason to be terrified. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'd go home. I'd be like, I'll just find a new job. Also, like, Allison, I'm going to ask you, what happens when the morgue gets hit by a tornado? It's not going to be a pretty sight. Mm-mm. Okay, bodies Especially if you're inside everywhere. of it. So uh, Haley sort of retreats to the back to switch out a tape, and Gustav prays in the front row, and he prays in Hungarian, according to Wikipedia. Great. And he holds his hands out to Andrew's coffin. And after just a minute of being there, Gustav goes to leave, and, he, and Haley's like, oh, do, do you do anything else? And he said, no, I paid my respects in full. So the okay. night goes on, and Haley jumps when she hears the sound, but it's just Sharon calling back. She went through her mother's newspapers. Oh, good. And Sharon says, you know, I didn't have to look at the obituaries. Andrew's death was the front was front page news. He was the guy who leapt, left off the church down in Haysburg. He went up to the roof of the church. He's shouting gib- gibberish for an hour. And right when the cops are, are trying to get him down, he, he jumped died. in front of all the families that, are, that were coming into service. <gasps> Allison, the power goes out. No. The phone dies because it's a landline. And the coffin starts rocking and rolling. This he's playing the drums. Girl, he's doing a drum solo on the inside of that coffin. Get lid. the fuck out of there, Allison. Because Haley isn't a total moron. She runs to the front door only to find out it's been chained shut <gasps> by Gustav, ostensibly by Gustav. Wow, Gustav! What when a Haley, dick. 
I mean, I guess that's why he had to come. He's like, oh, there's a tornado watch. Why I have to go chain this woman into a funeral home with a body that's coming alive? So when she returns to the funeral parlor, the tornado sirens start blaring. It is pitch dark. No, no. And the only light she has is the light on the camcorder. Allison, the coffin has been overturned, Mm-mm. and it is empty. Mm-mm. And she turns and sees Andrew Edwards standing against the wall, and the top of his head is completely crushed, like been mm-hmm. ripped off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Haley, because she doesn't know she's in a horror movie, she's assuming that he is alive and badly injured, and <gasps> that he was just like— no. he, that. They, they were incorrectly labeling him as dead. And she's like, Mr. Edwards, you were in a horrible accident. They must have made a mistake at the morgue. You were safe. I'm going to help you. He, of course, whips around, I mean, snarling, his tongue out. And we see that, so like, basically the top of his head mm. has was sheared off in the fall. Of course. So he does, and so his, his little top of it, top of the morning to you, he has a little top of his head <sighs> that has been fallen off when he got off out of the coffin. Great. So he lunges at her. His intestines are falling out. Yeah. The sutures in his stomach are opening. Yeah, great. Haley realizes, oh, because the top of his head is over there. He's he not He cannot alive. see her. Oh, okay. Oh, also, he's not alive. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean... But more importantly, he can't see her. But he can't hear her, so she screams, and he's chasing her blindly around the funeral parlor. And finally, she hides, you know, and she distracts his body. She uses a remote for the camera to, like, set off the camera noise. Mm. And he's running over the camera. Mm-hmm. Allison, unfortunately, she is didn't realize it, but now she's right near the top of his skull, and his eyes snap open. Nope. So now kick, the body can them. see her. The body Stomp lunges at her. <laughs> Allison, just as the body lunges at Haley, a tornado explodes through the building, sending everything flying. Wow. And in the final shot from the overturned camera, we see Haley, who is now possessed with Andrew's spirit, stagger out of essentially the broken window. And how do we know that she's been possessed by Andrew's spirit? Because before she goes, she sort of feels her body and grabs her breasts as if like, I'm in a woman's body now. Okay, and then staggers out of the building. Wow. You look on your face. I'm not pleased. Dismay. I'm not I'll pleased. I'll tell you. Oh, boy. <sighs> back in the super lab, back in the super group lab, mm. the SWAT team finds dozens of stuffed animals and a room full of bloody, bloody dismembered bodies. And their thing, and I'm assuming this is like a reference to um, Heaven's Gate, is that when they first got there, they're okay. thinking, yes. oh, these are cult members who killed themselves. Right. But these these are like li- like arms, legs, like this. Like this is clearly not self inflicted. Yeah, something horrible is happening. Yeah, if you've been dismembered, like that's not. Yeah, usually something you've done. Exactly, um, and the SWAT team's radio, like their walkie talkies, have stopped working. So they are all kind of lost to one another. But they're they're sort of a movement from Slater. Like fuck this, we have to get out. We have to find an exit. Mm-hmm. And as they're running around. They run down the hallway, and we hear the woman's voice talk about the signal being a salvation echoing, and we zoom in on a TV screen, and we find ourselves in the next film. Wonderful. And this one is called The Subject. And this is the most, like, high, like, um, budget. Okay. Most, like, I really like this one. So, basically, we find ourselves, and you immediately know where we are. We are in a mad scientist lab. And Great. we are in the lab of Dr. James Suhendra. And we open on a man's head connected to mechanical spider legs. Like, he's waking up, and he's realizing that he's a half-machine monster. Great. 
Right. And he screams, and he's being, you know, sort of tortured, and he has to be put out by via fire extinguisher by Dr. James Suhendra. And he's working out of a lab in Indonesia. And he's your classic, you know, I, I want to play God. I want to merge machine and man. I want to, you know, create no. a new form of humanity. You know, those things that mad scientists do. Mm-hmm. And he, so he records, he's always recording to himself and, and recording at a, um, the camera as well. And he says, subject uh, 97 did not survive having mechanical legs attached to just his head. Who would have guessed? Wow. And he says, his doctor says to himself, just another failure. I'm always failing. But he's not going to let them that break him down, Allison. Well, perseverance is an important quality in a mad scientist. <laughs> So the next, in the next, um, uh, you know, edition of his video diary, he has two new patients, 98 and 99. Okay. And 98 is a young man tied upright to a slab. Mm-hmm. And 99 is a woman essentially tied to a wheelchair. And they're both anesthetized. Okay. As we watch, he takes a drill and he saws off the top of 99's skull and he takes out her brain. Okay. And as as he does, 98, the young man, wakes up, and he realizes, one, I'm being restrained to this table. Two, I'm in a mad scientist lab. Mm-hmm. And 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 three, this, a young woman just had her brain removed. Dr. Suhendra just injects him with a sedative. It's another day at the office to him. The next image we see is from the camera recording from 99, who wakes up from her surgery. And Dr. Suhendra is laughing, and he's looking at her, and her vision is... It looks like a camcorder. So there's like a battery. It says live. Okay. And he's like, she's alive. She's his Frankenstein. She's like, she's okay. alive. You know, basically just happy the experiment didn't immediately kill her, which is a huge success to him. Look, like she's been alive for five minutes. It's like all this. about progress um, and making incremental improvements. So good for him. And he shows her on a TV like that her eyes have a video feed. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're a neo-human. You're a miracle. Again, very videodrome. Like, yes, yes, I'm yes. taking humans to the next. I've, I've shown that I can merge metal and flesh. Like, I am a genius, you know, and he's recording notes like, yeah. these fools. Whatever you're saying, these fools, yeah, you know that you're a bad scientist. You've truly lost yeah. it. Also, like, if he could have just held out and served and lived into, you know, the 20-teens, he could have just watched Westworld. Absolutely. I think, but then he would have gotten some ideas from that too. Well, yeah, like, I need to make Westworld. I need to create yes. all these people. It's like, these fools can't appreciate what I was trying to do, but I did it. And he reassures uh, 99, you know, uh, everything's to be fine. But of course, she looks down. Not only is she restrained to a hospital bed, but one of her hands has been removed. No. So she's screaming, and even her scream was sort of like digital sounding, mm-hmm. like mechanical screaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have yet to see what she looks like in full, because we're seeing it from her perspective. Right, yeah, so we're getting, yeah, got it. So sometime later, 99 is watching uh, Dr. Suhendra surgically modify 98, so the young man. Okay, he's still off in his play. arms. Yeah, he's still there, still alive. Cutting off his arms and throwing them into a bin, which again seems like a huge waste. Mm-hmm. And, and then we see him basically sever the top of his head from his body and put it to the side. Again, I think they would kill you, but yes, I think that once that happens, it's over. But I'm no, I'm not a mad scientist, so maybe I'm wrong. And so uh, he starts. He compares himself to Da Vinci, and he talks about like the uh, Vitruvian Man, which is sort of like drawing a Da yes. Vinci, where it's like a guy with multiple arms and multiple legs, and it's sort of like the concept of the ideal human, which is like that's already so problematic. Uh, we understand now, obviously, but unfortunately. The, the good doctor's idea is that it's that, except you're also like a crazy robot at the same mm-hmm, time. Obviously. 
And his implication is like, you know, who's to say whether Da Vinci was doing what I'm doing? I think maybe we both had the same aims. It's like, again, no, what? I'm probably not. No. Da Vinci had other stuff going on. When we turn back, uh, he has finished the surgery on uh, 98. And 98 lifts his arm. And it's a tremendous blade, like a gigantic on, machete man. blade. Not blade huge. arms. And because uh, he likes to have the news on while he works, um, 99 is able to hear a report on the news, which tells us these strings of disappearances bring further conflict in, uh, uh, between the police and the people. Tensions rose when locals found mutilated body parts in the canals of Jakarta. The police believe that the suspect is Dr. James Dehendra, the oh, wow. genius pioneer in bioengineering mechanics. So people uh, know it's him, much in sort of a Frankenstein sure, sure. type of way. Yes. They're like, huh, let's see, a bunch of young, fit people are disappearing and a bunch of hastily chopped off limbs are showing up. Ah, it's pretty sure it's that doctor we all know that does this kind of shit. Yeah. And they say the last disappearance was a young woman with the initials S.A. And 99 realizes that's her. Okay. And so she's crying in this very, like, digital, mechanical way until Dr. Suhender just, like, unplugs her. Okay. When she wakes up again, the doctor is taking a drill to her head. Nope. Basically, sort of like, you know, if you're going to be crying and carrying on and, like, still having a personality. Going to have to fix Like, that. I'm not going to deal with this, right. you know. And she's able to escape her restraints because she's, like, now, like, a cyborg. Um, only to be knocked unconscious by the doctor. Just then, there's a pounding on the door. It's the police. They finally oh. found his secret, disgusting hideout. Good. And Dr. Finally, Sandra, police doing didn't... something right. I know, exactly. Good for them. I mean— Dr. Sehender, like, hasn't thought about this, so he just throws a sheet over 99. I was like, that's the plan with the cops are up. You throw a sheet over I was over like, them? unplug her again. <laughs> also, like, even if they're not with an eyesight, you have an insane lab, like, covered in, like, schematics of how to make a human, like, cyborg. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, man? it's just not going to work. So the police bust through the door, and Dr. Sehender's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, you're accusing me. Like, this is insane. And... He says to them, so are you going to arrest me? And the co commander says, oh, no, we're not going to arrest you. And they, his men just open fire on him, killing Whoa. him. That's and like, the we only, don't know how that works. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, hey, but, yeah, you got to get things done uh, when you're up against a mad scientist. And the only um, officer who's like, well, what are we doing? Like, we have to bring him in and put him on trial is Jono, who is a young man who is has the camera operator. And commander, the commander's like, you got to grow a pair of balls, son, like war, you know, science. And then they all turn and Subject 99 has gotten to her feet and they all gasp in horror. And Jono tries not to throw up. And she like looks at them and, and Commander says, oh my God, this poor girl. And Jono said, look at its head. We still haven't seen it's it. So now by this point, head. I'm dying to see what she looks right. like. He, like it, well, clearly she's no longer even really an easily identified like woman because like something has gotten yes. horribly, yeah. And Jono says, I think she needs help. And the commander says, she doesn't have a soul anymore. I can't bring her back to her parents like this. Like, she's a creature. She's not a human. Yeah. And he gets a gun, and he's going to kill her, despite the fact that she is, like, wailing and, like, obviously alive. Yes. And Jono says, that's not our decision to make. Like, that's not fair. Just then, the lights go out. Mm -hmm. And when they come on, Subject 99 is sort of, like, skittered away. And Jono captured where she's going. But he's like, I don't see her. I didn't, she must have escaped. So he's already trying to, like, help her escape. Give her some, yeah. 
Allison, the cops realize that the lights are off and the doors have automatically locked. And when they get them a open, a booby trap explodes. Mm-hmm. It was, of course, said by Dr. Suhendro for this exact moment that he knew it happened. Yeah, he knew this was coming. Yeah. He's got a lot of time on his hands because he's devoted his life to being insane. Yes. A recording starts to play and Dr. Suhendro says, if you're hearing this, the lab has been breached and I am dead. If you try to take my creations from the lab, you will die here. The police okay. are like, we got there's gotta be another exit. They fan out throughout the lab. Instead of an exit, they find 98, the male patient, mm-hmm. who stands up and he has two swords for arms. No. And then like the top of his head's like a robot head with two red lights that look sort of reminiscent of a Jar Jar Binks. Sort of like a, he- a oh, robot okay. head and then two sort of eyes mm-hmm. on stalks. Yeah. And he starts just killing everybody, just cutting everyone in half, like just going absolutely nuts. Cool. The commander pulls the pin on a grenade and throws it, and there's a huge explosion. And Subject 99 is obviously horrified mm-hmm. and is able to escape into the hallway. Okay. And But she's running, and in front of her are some of the police. They've emerged in the hallway, and behind her is 98. And she's able to duck into a hallway, and they those two factions battle. But she can hear behind okay. her that they're looking for her. Okay. So she has made her way. She realizes she's in Dr. Sahendra's office, which is much less crazy. Like, it just looks like a doctor's office. Right. Like, a, like, a off, like a, you know, you're doing, you're making your notes about how you made, like, a crazy machine person. Yes. And she finds a tank with the top of Subject uh, 98's head in it. Oh, good. And worst of all, Allison, she finds a mirror. <gasps> and she finally sees herself. And one of her arms has been severed, and then sort of, like, a port is pu- has put on it, like a... Um, mm-hmm. Attachment, like mm-hmm. like a mixer, sort of. Sure, yes. Like maybe different things can be plugged into Got it. Got it. And then, basically, her head, a, so she has a lower jaw, and then from her upper jaw onward is just a camera. <gasps> and so, of course, she freaks out. She punches the mirror. She's, like, screaming and crying. And then she hears a little girl's voice say, Hello, who's there? <gasps> And she follows the voice down the hall, and she discovers in this horrible room where, like, all the rejects, things were kept. It's just a head with mechanical, like, squid arms. No. Saying, hello, who's there? So she runs out, freaked out, and finds two other altered bodies, and it's unclear if they're alive. And then on the surgery table, there is a woman who is still alive, mid-surgery. Her leg's been severed, and her torso is filled with mechanical objects and wires. No. And the woman cries and says, is this a dream? And Subject 99 goes over and just unplugs her. Letting her die. I believe that— Which is what I would want. Yes. You die painlessly. Yeah. I don't have to go fi- fight. I don't want to— I don't want to learn more about what's going on. I don't want to see yeah. what's happening to me. Just, like, end it. Yeah. So she she gave that woman what she could not have, which is a peaceful death. Because suddenly there's a police officer behind her, and he screams, Die, you monster! And he tries to shoot her. And desperately searching the lab for a weapon— 99 finds a machine gun, which she mounts into the port of her arm. So now she has a machine gun arm. Great. And she's just fighting her way out of the lab. She's shooting the police. There's, like, new rounds of police showing up. And she's just spraying them with bullets until she runs out. Luckily, she also has grenades in it. She uses all of her grenades to the point that she has to fight a cop hand-to-hand and pulls a pipe off the wall and jams it through the side of his face. And finally, she's down to the last cop, and it's Jono. And she's about to kill him. He says, please don't. I know who you are. You're that girl who was kidnapped. And he still thinks, oh, you're like a fighting machine. Like, Dr. Strahender made you all murderers. Like, what do you want? And she tells him in a robot voice to live. 
and he says, me too, then let's live. And he starts leading her through the exit. It's like, Jodo came through. Aww. They're gonna escape. Well, Unfortunately, I don't feel good about it. I know. They run into the commander, who is somehow still alive. Okay. And he sort of throws Jono aside. And he's like, that thing killed your friends. That gunned down my our compatriots. And because she's out of bullets and grenades, he's able to overpower 99. And he starts ripping the cords out of her head. And he's like covered in blood. And he's laughing maniacally. Only for Jono to step up and shoot him. Killing the commander. In Jono's defense. Wow. And showing 99 the ultimate, you know, act of, of Sacrifice. empathy. Yes. And 99 reaches for him just as 98 shows up and just stabs Jodo with his giant blade. Aww. Summoning all of her new monster strength, 99 attacks 98 and rips his robot head apart and then tears his human brain out, killing him, before collapsing next to Jono and they die together. Mm. Or do they? Wow. Because we see the security camera taken from the building and we see in the morning... Nine, 99 walking out into the morning sunlight to do what? I guess I don't go know. on a killing spree. She's not going to be like, now I'm going to go to grad school, you know? <laughs> I, right. It's like you go home. Like, I don't know if you can hang out. Like, I, yeah, like, what are your options at this You point? also just, like, killed a bunch of cops. Like, I just got to yeah. believe there's, like, some kind of, you know, search for you going on. Back at the Super Goop mm-hmm. Lab. Gary, the cameraman, says to uh, Nash, I thought you said no one would get hurt. And Nash tells him, oh, Gary, someone always gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Forever starts right now. It would seem that the SWAT team itself has been infiltrated by people who were a part of this cult. Specifically Nash. Okay. However, they're not revealing that to the other members, so they're all co- continuing to look, quote-unquote, looking for Spivey and, and, and Osler who've gone missing, okay. and they can't find the other people. So it's basically, it's down to Nash, Gary, the um, camera person, Petro, and Slater. And Slater's like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't care about anyone else. Unfortunately, they have to walk past a huge bank of TV screens, well, and he looks at one, and he falls to his knees, hypnotized by it. Which brings us to our final film, okay. Terror. Oh, great. <laughs> and here's the logline. A... I'm going to say white supremacist. Got it. Militia has plans to bomb a federal building. Mm-hmm. And as part of that plan, they have to shoot the same guy in the head every day. Allison, can you guess the twist it, to terror? Guess the twist. Wait, like um, there's just like a corpse that they keep shooting or the same guy keeps living? He's not a corpse. A guy, every day, the same guy gets up and he's alive. Oh. And in order to enact their plan, they have to shoot this same guy in the head every single day. And I guess those people end up at January 6th. Um, I... Oh, they'd be thrilled. They would, I mean, like... Right up their alley. They'd be so excited. I mean, I gotta believe that you mentioned it's a white supremacy militia for a reason. I feel like that's... No, no, it's just the 90s. It, I think it's oh, supposed to be like Waco, like, like any of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be white supremacists, but it's sort of like, oh, patriotism. We're going we're gonna, to um, cleanse the mongrel horde. Sure. black cancer sweeping over America. Yeah. I'm not saying every malicious white supremacist. I'm saying the default in America is white supremacists. Correct. Um, 
And Christian. It goes Christian, without saying Yeah, of course, extreme Christianity. Um, I guess um, that the guy is their leader. Okay. And, t- uh, yeah, I, that's as far as I think I can get. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> this Listen, information. This is a lot. It's a lot to ask for so many twists, and I think you have a good one. Okay. We're at the uh, headquarters, uh, the uh, the Michigan headquarters of the First Patriots Movement, who have um, kidnapped and they're holding a man hostage, and he's sobbing. He's sort of like in like what looks like a horse, like stable, okay. inside the bunker. And we meet our militia members. Uh, some of them, Greg, who's the head of it. They all call him Air Commandant because it wouldn't be a white Christian militia without a nod to Nazism. Of course, and. Greg, Chuck, and Bob is our cameraman, and they surround the man, and Greg says to them, happy shall be that taketh and dashes the little ones against the stone, and they shoot the hostage point blank in the head, killing him. Okay. So Greg sort of, as our leader, sort of presents us with the group's manifesto, you know, America is plagued with a black cancer that has allowed to rot this once great land from within for far too long. We, the last decent men of America, are the true patriots who have given blood oath to defend our way of life. You know, we militia stuff. We've all heard cool, it before. Cool, cool, cool. Super chill. Yeah. We're going to quash the mongrel horde. Right. We're going to bring about, about a cleansing across the land. Um, sure. You know, uh, all the men are, like, excited. And they shoot into the air. It's also a snowy. It's, like, freezing out. So oh, okay. they're all outside in the snow shooting their weapons. And Greg tells them, and we've been given this gift, this weapon that Christ himself was seen fit to give us. And meaning the man who they've just shot in the head. Okay. The gang goes and they survey the building, the federal building they're obviously planning to target. And Bob's like, I don't know, we can get the beast inside, but they aren't open until after sunrise. So, like, I don't know how we're going to get him in. And he also says they have a daycare in there, which no one reacts to, but is obviously a nod to the Oklahoma City bombings. Got it. Um, And they all decide that the maintenance interest is the best way to go. Clearly, they're going to bomb this this building. You find out later it's a federal building. Of course. Allison, they go back to the van in the being held in, like, the horse sta- stall. And he's totally healed. He looks totally fine. And they shoot him in the head again. Okay. So, um, at, ahead of the attack, someone stops by with, like, all of these weapons. And it's Slater from the SWAT team. Okay. And he's arming them. So, Slater is watching a video of himself something that he did in the past. Oh. And he's giving them all of this, like, military-type weaponry that somebody says, oh, it's from, like, um, Desert Storm, you know. And Greg says, okay, but, like, did any of the other officers see you take this stuff? And Slater says, we've got friends everywhere, especially now that the Clintons are in the office. A lot of cops are ready for patriots like you to take the feds down. Okay. Obviously, the parallels to the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. This is sort of mm-hmm. the 90s version, which we also had plenty of militias in the, the 90s, yep. unfortunately. Um, and Bob, behind the camera, sort of, he's, like, art directing. So he's always, like... Air Commandant, you want to make a statement? And, and Greg's like, cut. And then he, like, has them all stand behind him dramatically. He's, like, their charismatic leader. Okay. And, like, gives this speech, you know, like, to make it, like, more impressive. And Bob asks, like, are we sure that the, this will work? Like, have you tested it? And Greg's like, that's so crazy because I actually just thought we should test it. So they go back into the man they have hostage. And you guessed it. He's fine again. And they shoot him in the head again. Okay. And they run in and they siphon the man's blood into a bucket. Okay. Allison to test their theory of what they're going to do. They take a rabbit, and it's the cutest rabbit. It's so white and fluffy. Mm-hmm. And they eject it with the man's blood. And they it's it's dawn, and they're outside. And Greg says, we should experiment. And they put the, the rabbit in a cage and yells, run! And all the other men run as the sun comes up. 
but nothing happens. And Greg, he's like, Jimmy, the tree, damn tree is probably blocking the sunlight. When the first rays of sunlight fall on the rabbit, the rabbit explodes. What? And not simply just explodes in the cage. It's gigantic. Like, it was like a, a bomb goes off. Cut to them shooting the guy in the head again. He's alive. And they shoot him in the head again and drain his blood out again. Okay. That they're, they're getting ready. They have sort of the mechanism. Is basically, they're going to keep the person, this man, who they keep calling a creature, inside this crate. But they can't figure out how to get the crate to drop open inside the federal building. Okay. And Greg's like, we're going to push our plan back a day, and I will not let Christ the King down. Because this is exactly the kind of thing that Christ loves. I'm just going on record. Yeah. Loves when you use some sort of man, supernatural man, to blow up things and hurt people. That's what he talked about in the Bible. Could That's his favorite thing in the world. We can all agree <laughs> on that. But they're all really getting excited. Like, it's finally happening. And to celebrate the new coming dawn for America, they all get wasted. And they're just, like, peeing outside, and they're, like, fencing in the snow, and they're just, like, firing guns in the air, like, woo! And Jimmy goes Bob the cameraman, but he's like, I don't really drink, I don't like drinking, and he goes Bobby to drinking, and Bob Wasted goes to visit Steve in the security room, and he's like, let's go fuck with them. And Steve's like, fuck with the guy we shoot every day in the head? Like, I'm not going to go His in there. His already and is bad. <laughs> And Bob's like, come on, you don't want to piss on him. It's like, that's a you thing, Bob. Like, that's not everybody. But of course, Bob's like, you're a pussy. Like, you wouldn't go in there. And so Steve is like riled up and they both go into the enclosure. Okay. And Bob, it, it, so the man who's been shot in the head is still, he's dead. He, he looks dead. Correct. He has a okay. huge wound. He has not regenerated like he does every day. Okay. And Bob goes Steve into kissing the man. Kissing? Who is still, he's dead. And when he holds up the body, the blood from the head wound dumps down Steve's throat and coats him. And also Steve falls into the blood in like a, like, like sitcom level pratfall. Okay, great. Like he topples to the ground. In the morning, an alarm rings and everyone realizes they all passed out. No one was standing guard. And they find a body. One of the militiamen has been, has had his throat torn out. Okay. And we realize, oh, no, the guy we've been shooting in the head every day is out. He's loose. <gasps> and from Good. inside the main <laughs> enclosure, we hear Steve scream, and then a severed head rolls out the door. And one of the guys panics, and he starts firing into the building, hitting multiple militiamen. And he only stops when someone else shoots him in the head, which is like an insane sequence. Yeah. But finally, Steve, who I thought that was his head, but somebody else said, Bob, well, no, no, I guess Bob's still filming. Steve staggers out the door, and someone screams, Steve, no, you're covered in vampire blood. The guy's a vampire. Oh, interesting. Okay. Allison, oh, and that the sunlight Steve, makes sense now. Yeah. It makes sense. So he steps into the sunlight. Steve fucking explodes, like, 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 a gas, like a gas station going up. And not only exploding, but spraying his blood on everyone else, killing everyone except for Greg, the leader, Jimmy, Tom, and Bob, the cameraman. Okay. They decide it's daylight, which means the vampire cannot leave the building. But we have to go in and try to kill it now. Yeah. Because once it's nighttime, it can leave, and it's unstoppable. Yes. So they go into the— Night is when he thrives. <laughs> exactly. That's the nighttime is the right time. So he's go they're going through the building, the, the bunker, and they hear um, the man in the— sort of the hayloft of the, the barn. Uh -huh. So it's the attic, but it's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. gigantic. And Tom ascends the ladder. The vampire emerges. But instead of, like, a regular man, like he's been looking like, he has this insane, like, it looks like, um, 
like a trifold, like a squid mouth or a um oh. what is what are those things called? Nothing good. Like a Venus flytrap, but with three oh, parts to okay. it. Okay. And it's filled with all these gigantic teeth and it grabs Tom's face and it rips it off him. So it's not a conventional vampire by any means. Yeah, a little a little different, a little uh, different flavor. <laughs> And Greg fires up into the attic and says, inexplicably, I think we got him. Which is like, what What? are you talking about? (laughs) So they all clamber up in the attic. And the man grabs Jimmy's head and slams it into the ground, killing him. And Bob manages to shoot Greg in the leg in the melee before Bob, too, is attacked. And the vampire eats his face off, too. And he drops the video camera. And the last thing we see is Greg, the last man standing. He sobs and he prays over again, Christ is king, Christ is king while the vampire locks him into the hayloft. And in an interesting moment of self-reflection, the vampire then opens the window, detonating himself like a bomb, killing himself, but also killing Greg and destroying the compound. Mm. Which brings us to the final part of our framing device. Okay. Statler, who we just saw in this little video, giving arms to this militia, wakes up tied to a chair, Still in the supergroup warehouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Petro and Nash tell him, we saw that last videotape. And as he watches, they undress out of their SWAT uniforms, revealing underneath their all-white cult outfits. So they have been oh, a part of a cult the whole time. Okay. And Nash tells Sattler, this is all part of a far-out fetish film cult of bootleggers. We send people to untouched, untouchable, disgusting, illegal films, snuff films, animal stuff, contraband content— but I didn't think we'd get busted by our own useless unit. So they have been okay. part of the SWAT team and also doing this dirty business on the side. Right. But they it was not their intention. They didn't lead them there intentionally. And Nash okay. takes down her hair, and we realize, I think, that she is the girl from the beginning whose video they received, which I guess I took to mean that they did send the video themselves, but I could be wrong. Okay. And then Petro beat Statler to death with the— video camera to the point that it gets stuck in his skull. Oh. And Petra and Nash conclude our film and they say, this video is going to be our best one yet. What should we call it? Now I have some questions for you, Allison, well, about what you think happened. I also have some questions, so. Well, my first question is, well, so what about the super goop? Well, yeah, that, that was my first question. It's like, where, what happened to the, like, are they just going to leave that? I, I mean, not are they. This is a completed film. Like, they're just leaving that unexplained? Like, Yeah, because I was like, okay. I thought the end, it's like, oh, the drug was like a, a whatever false flag. Or, you right. know, like, or like the drug just helps people enjoy it. Like, it's like, oh, that's the red herring. You think it's this drug. But it's actually but just it's also- to be like, like watching those videos is like maybe enjoyable when you are on the drug. Yeah, something like that where it's like, this is part of it. Yeah. But then to not bring it up at all at the end, I thought was weird. really confusing. They really took but after again, the I original with this. I'll be honest. <laughs> not we'll say it again. They really took after the original with this move and of, of not tying up all these loose ends in the framing device. Um, I also thought like it's sort of like so it's a cult, and but then when they when they explain it, it's almost like. When you first walk in and you see the planes, it's like, oh, my God, this is like a doomsday cult, and it's, like, international, right. and the, they're using drugs to get people to watch these. But then it's, yeah, it's like, we just we just make these fetish films. It's like, it's kind of a de-escalation to what we thought at the beginning. Yeah, it's a it's it's not a satisfying ending. But you know what? This It's an anthology film. It's not really about being satisfied in any way. It's just about it's seeing about, a bunch of stuff. It's about getting a little taste. 
But again, yeah. like, I would have liked it to be a bit more, like, sewn up at the end. Like, just, be, like, be like, look, you showed us stuff earlier. Just, men- like, mention it again. Right, just have it be like, oh, like, the drugs are a red herring. Or, like, yeah, yeah like, have him do the super goop and be like, now he's obsessed with the films, yeah, too, or something. Yeah, bring it back. And then also, because this is a pre— and they don't really say this, but what I assumed was, so this is a prequel to the first one. I was like, oh, so maybe they're the the people who made the films that they, those guys were looking for. Like, they're the original group or conglomerate oh. that is distributing these. So all those but they, videos that are in the old man, that house or whatever— yeah. Okay. But then it's like, I, I don't know if that's true. I think I just told myself that to make myself feel like it was connected. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I guess, but like, but like the concept of so many of these being found footage, like they don't make these videos, but I guess they distribute them. Yes. And also, yeah, it's like so many of these are so much higher stakes now. I feel like it's like the original, it's like, oh, a spooky ghost or like a weird a guy, you know, yeah. or demon. It's like, that's hard to prove. But then it's like, this. these people have uh, planes. Like, this is like a warehouse full of dead bodies. Yeah. Like, you clearly have a movement and you have money to do it. And that, to me, is different. A different level of commitment that you'd think mm-hmm. five years later, they. I don't know, it's almost like they would have taken over the world. But You would think. That's not really what they're going yeah, for. I guess, I guess they're more interested in just pervert films yeah, just and being stuff. fucking weirdos. Um, and, you know, like we said about a uh, zoo, that is some people's priorities. So, totally. you know, maybe they're like, oh, we, we we do what we do and we enjoy what we enjoy. And I don't really know why everyone pulled their eyes out. But I, you know, I get it. If I had seen any of the stuff and thought I was real, I suppose I would too. Yep. I get that. That um, tracks more for me than not mentioning the drugs again. <laughs> and then my question, Allison, what are some uh, fatal mistakes that you may have noticed in the film? Fatal mistakes. I mean, look, it's a common refrain, but, like, you know, the girl in the funeral home, it's like, just leave. Like, you should have left mm-hmm. before Gustav even chained those doors. Like, you should have left when no one was coming and you were hearing a knock and the lights were going out because a tornado was coming and your bosses are home fucking. Like, right. get out of there. But I did appreciate they at least address, like, when she does go, at least they try to address, like, okay, she can't leave now. Yes. So, again, do you think there would have to be a fire exit or something? something. Or, like, a window? Something. You know, right. like Something. Um, but I guess yeah. then immediately afterwards, that's when she finds out that the corpse is up and about. So maybe they're—yeah, you're right. If she had tried to leave earlier, that would have been—maybe that's the takeaway from this is leave earlier. Leave earlier. Don't be a part of a militia. Yeah, don't be a part of a militia. Don't, uh, mm. I, I would say I for mean, the listen, mad scientist one, like, there's nothing, like, yeah, you can do. There's nothing they could have done. Yeah. Like, be nice to yeah. murderous cyborgs, I guess. But, like, he did that and still died. Yeah. So. Boy. A lot of mistakes. Yeah, that's a tough one. A lot of mistakes. Oh, and I think, here we go, never go into a storm drain. Oh, Unless that, you work for the city or mm-hmm. you, you're a plumber. Or there's some reason that you're being sent into yes. the storm drain. That's fine. Yeah. But if you're just a regular person, don't go don't in there go because in there. Ratma's down Ratma's there. Ratma's down there. And you will have to worship Ratma yes. for till the end of your days. Yeah. And then finally, where would you put um, VHS 94 on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I will say this was super scary and disgusting. Uh, so I think uh, a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like because 
of the nature of the higher end. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I was not scared by the subject, the bad scientist one, but I really appreciated it. Yes. But to me, it wasn't scary. It's just more of a, it's sort of action-y. Yeah, you know? it kind of takes you out of the, like, found footage vibe a little bit when it's, like, yeah. so high quality and like and, like, so outrageous. Yeah. So. But I still really enjoyed it. So I'm going to say five. So, yeah. like, thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely would recommend. I love an anthology, you yeah. know, and, and um, we're excited to do more in the future, too. Yeah. But, yeah, not it's not as scary when it's higher production. Right. That Because the, the griminess, the grittiness of the original VHS and of a lot of found footage mm-hmm. that we've talked about, like, the, the, the realism— is what makes it appealing. Yes. And once you have cyborgs, it's very it was very cool right. and I liked but it, it, but you don't have that yeah. vibe anymore. And that's really what found footage feels all about. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, we hope you enjoy that we're continuing this month. Yes. Please keep sending us your recommendation. So we have some great ones you ones. sent us. And um, eventually we will do all the VHS movies, yeah. um, of course. And yeah, um, if you uh, were not able to go to our live show, you because still it is available for 72 hours. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you um, still have time to listen to the live show if you want to yes. buy a ticket, which of course you can get at momenthouse.com slash ruined. Yes. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. And, and until then. Until then, we got to ask. Please, keep, keep it spooky. And while you're at it, hail Ratma. Hail Ratma, avoid the noid. Hail the Noid. Hail the Noid. Avoid Ratma. If the Noid had come out of that tunnel. Yeah. I think the Noid might be Ratma. Uh, now I, He is kind of a rodent Never man. seen them in the same room. You got me there. <laughs> the same storm drain. <laughs> okay, bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Thank you.